brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to the show, everybody. Okay, we're going to talk about how stress kills. You know, it's so important to think about stress because bottom line is we are set up genetically uh, that within our our, uh, genes, our 32 common genes that all of us have, stress is a latent gene that actually will ignite if you have cancer, if you have heart disease, whatever, you know, diabetes, whatever your predisposition is uh, to die, whatever that thing is that you have um, medically uh, that's latently there uh, in your system, the trigger that actually causes that to activate is frequently stress. At some point, your brain reaches a time where it's taken on too much stress over a long period of time, and it basically engages that that uh, disorder or whatever that medical thing is that will take you out. And it's your exit strategy. And it's all based off how much stress you have in your life. I mean, if you watch people, you know, a good example is to look at people that have been presidents over the history of time. You know, within four to eight years, they they gain about 20 years of age. Uh, just because the amount of stress that it puts on them. And, and stress doesn't only only just affect our organs, but it also affects our skin, which is an organ. And it also affects our ability to think, our ability to succeed, and our ability to accomplish things. It's, it's what keeps us, if when we are without focus, uh, that's when we're the most stressed out. You know, bottom line is, look at, uh, look, look at Siddhartha, the, the Buddha. You know, he basically looked at the idea that uh, we need to get rid of desire. And he realized also, as he tried to get rid of desire, that he had a desire to get rid of desire. So that kind of forfeited his, his, his original theory of Buddhism. But, but Buddhism is about acceptance. And, you know, there's something to say about that in human psychology. And that is the fact that we have to learn to accept the things we cannot control. We have to also understand that we have the right to try to influence things that we cannot control, but we cannot expect uh, controlled results when, it's con- when other people are contributing, including our children, including our spouse, including our siblings, our mom and dad, our best friends, our boss, whatever. Our, our job is to influence. It's not to control. And if you look at the DSM-5, the bottom line is any non-organic disorder, meaning it's a, a disorder caused by thought process, is created out of stress, out of the need to control things we cannot control. And so when people try to control life, uh, what we basically find is that they're trying to stress themselves out because they, they're, they're over expanding their ability to control. And so all the symptoms that you see in a DSM-5 for any disorder that is non-organic, non-organic meaning it's not a predisposition when they were, that they were born with, any of those disorders come from that, that psychotic need to control. And so the more we get into stress and the more we understand it, and which is what this show's about, the better off we're all going to be. Now, let's look at, you know, while stress, you know, is a common occurrence, each person experiences different stress triggers. So emotional problems such as grief, sadness, depression, anxiety, those are all known to trigger stress, you know, and, and major changes in one's life or daily routine are common causes of stress. Many people just cannot take change. They freak out when they have change in their life. And it's amazing to me how, how scary it is for some people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad, but that's, that's the way things are with people. They tend to, uh, they tend to freak out over any change in life. And, and that usually comes from childhood. And sometimes it's, uh, it's a fear-based life that they are inventing. And that is to make a thousand reasons not to do something rather than to do something. So what causes stress? Well, you know, uh, causes 
uh, of work stress especially includes being unhappy with your job, having a heavy workload or too much responsibility, working long hours, uh, having poor management. You know, having a bad boss, that is a killer. You know, to have a bad boss, those dudes don't realize how much grief they put their employees through. It is just hell on earth to work for a bad employer or a bad uh, supervisor. Uh, unclear expectations from your work, you know, where you don't know where you stand with them. and Or they uh, no say in a decision-making process. You know, that is extremely stressful where you can't even input on how your work environment is. And we're not going to just stay on work, but work is one of the number one uh, contributor. It is the number one contributor to stress. Obviously, the second is uh, children and family and finances. But, you know, everybody has to have a job and you're not there because you want to be there. Most people are in a job because they have to be there. And so it drives a lot of stress. You know, we choose our families. We choose our life. We choose our home. We choose our partner and we choose our job. But our job is the one biggest thing that we cannot control, uh, especially when we work for other people. You know, another thing that causes uh, stress is being insecure about your chance for advancement or the risk of termination, watching people get laid off. I can't tell you how many corporations uh, lay people off on a regular basis, especially as they're entering into retirement because they don't want to pay for retirement. You know, it's, it's common sense. You know, uh, having to give speeches in front of colleagues or people, that, that can cause a lot of stress. Uh, working in dangerous places. Um, having to give, uh, uh, you know, facing uh, discrimination, harassment at work, especially if, if your company is not supportive or your HR. You know, life stresses can also impact. And here's the big one. I can tell you every time, the first time a person faces the death of a loved one, that is horrendous for many, many, many people. And it literally changes their life because it's about a three-year recovery. Divorce is also huge. You know, uh, here in California, basically, if you're married 10 years, you have to split everything 50-50. And uh, that could be poverty for both sides. You know, loss of a job, uh, increase in financial obligations. Uh, getting married also is very stressful. Moving to a new home or a chronic illness or an injury. Emotional problems such as depression, anxiety, grief. Uh, guilt, low self-esteem, all those things can be extremely stressful. And, uh, you know, looking, taking care of an elderly or a sick family member that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they're ending up and they may not even had a good relationship with uh, their mother or father or a relative, but they end up being the only one who can take care of them. And uh, that in itself can be a full-time job and that can just overwhelm a family. It can overwhelm an individual, especially if it's a dump and run where nobody else wants to contribute. Uh, traumatic events such as a natural disaster, theft, rape, violence against you or a loved one. You know, sometimes the stress comes from inside rather than outside. You, you can stress yourself out by worrying about things. You know, I always talk to people about living in the moment, live in the moment you're in, let your instincts and let your, let your thoughts, uh, take you to the moment you're in. If you can live in the moment you're in rather than the past or the future or your fears, uh, what will happen is you're going to relax and become much more successful and accomplished and you're going to have many more memories in your life. And existing and giving the energy to the moment you're in and the people that are in front of you is everything to having a good quality life. You know, um, Attitudes, perceptions, how, how you view the world in a particular situation, it can determine how much stress you're in. You know, I can tell you now that we're in an election season, this is a horrible time for our country. Our country is completely, the, and I'm talking about the United States, and we have an international audience here. It is totally stressed out based on the poor choices we have for presidency, which is going to influence our Supreme Court and our future for, for years to come. And, uh, you know, just looking at the things that we cannot control, the things that we can only influence, if you want to create an outcome, you are likely going to stress yourself out. So what you do is you work in your preferences. I prefer, I prefer, I prefer. And by doing that, we do not have expectations that are overwhelming, over-controlling, and it allows us to accept the things that life brings us that are influenced by other people. You know, um, uh, change 
like I said, any major change in life can be, uh, and, and that could be even a wedding or a new job or a job promotion. Um, you know, financial setbacks, that finances is huge. And, and I can't tell you how disappointing it is when people are in their life, especially in their earning years, and they're not putting money away because you're creating a life where all, your only value is your paycheck. And that is so sad because your money tells you how responsible you are as a couple, as an individual. If you manage your money well, you should be comfortable in your life and your choices because you're going to have more choices and you have more control over your choices in life. Sadly, many people don't respect money and, you know, I'm sorry, but money is the way we survive in this world. And, uh, wow, people that don't value how they survive, it amazes me how poorly some people uh, manage their money and don't put money away. I can tell you the people that have less stress usually have money in the bank and that's because they're smart and they, they respect their life and they respect the influence they have on their children and so they, they save. And, and I'm not saying be miserly, but what I'm saying is be smart. Okay, also, uh, how, how does stress affect your health? Well, you know, if your stress system stays activated over a long period of time, like it's called chronic stress, it can lead to more serious health problems. Constant rush of stress hormones can put a lot of wear and tear on your body, causing it to age more quickly and make it more prone to illness. You know, headaches, fatigue, difficulty sleeping, difficulty concentrating, upset stomach, irritability. Uh, when stress becomes long-term and it's not properly addressed, it can lead to a number of very serious health issues like depression, high blood pressure, abnormal heartbeat. It's called arrhythmia. Uh, hardening of the arteries, heart disease, heart attack, heartburn, ulcers, irritable bowel syndrome, upset stomach like cramps, constipation, diarrhea, weight gain, sometimes weight loss, changes in your sex drive, fertility issues, flare-ups of asthma and arthritis, skin problems like acne. Um, managing your stress can also make a real difference to your health. You know, one study showed that women with heart disease live longer if they underwent a stress management program or went to therapy. And, you know, that's one of the main helpful things about going to therapy in, on a regular basis. You're helping manage your stress level, which creates a longevity of life. You know, marriage stress is huge. And, uh, you know, the longevity of your parents, the quality of your childhood, the cholesterol levels are very influential. So if you have a good marriage and you have a good working relationship with your partner and your family, you're going to lower your cholesterol levels and live longer. Um, and it's been studied that a happy marriage or a good long-term relationship at age 50 is a leading indicator of being healthy at age 80. Uh, by a, with a low cholesterol level and, and a very significant change in health. And that means that you live a long time. You know, how can such uh, these things be explained? You know, with respect to cholesterol, mounting evidence uh, that elevated cholesterol, like um, uh, premature baldness, uh, uh, deep earlobe crease, may be associated with a higher incident of heart attacks. Um, but it doesn't cause them. But similarly, uh, cardioprotective uh, benefits of, of statins are not due to aspirin. Reduction of inflammation and other activities uh, are also very helpful. You know, aspirin can help you, but not at a high level. You want to take a low dose, which is, I think it's like 87 uh, grams. You don't want to take like five aspirin a day. That, that's kind of crazy. But what it does do is it um, thins out your blood and helps you. You know, but why would a happy marriage have lots and having lots of friends promote healthy aging? Well, you know, the most likely idea is that stress can accelerate the aging process and that having strong social support from friends or family reduces the harmful effects of stress. You know, stress can contribute to illness, uh, premature mortality in many ways, including uh, suppressing the immune system's ability to ward off infections and certain cancers. You know, uh, it, Brit Britain, uh, some researchers recently reported that in a study of more than 180 senior citizens who received an influenza vaccine, those who said they were happily married developed higher antibodies and other protection than other people who reported less marital satisfaction. 
So, you know, it's amazing how well, if you work together in your, ma- in your marriage, has a whole lot to do with how much longer you live. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about family stress and children's health. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Encouraged and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. Okay, we're talking about stress. You know, um, antibodies also get uh, lowered when you're very stressed out. But, you know, we were talking about marriage and a happy marriage or long-term relationship. And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, straight, gay, whatever the relationship is. If it's good, it also provides strong emotional support, which is a very, very strong and powerful uh, booster of health. To have a good support system in your life, you know, there's a lot of loners out there, but you really want to connect yourself with certain people that you can have a good relationship with because those you'd be surprised who will step out and help you in your time of need. You will be surprised who you are on the radar for out there. And it's not always the people you think it's going to be, but you know, it's always great to have a good support system for yourself. Now, family stress and children's health, you know, according to a recent report, uh, children exposed to chronic family stresses due to uh, fighting, violence, problems associated with job loss are at a huge risk of illness, especially those uh, causing fever. You know, um, Johns Hopkins, uh, And uh, University of Rochester researchers followed 169 children aged 5 to 10 for three years. And during which stress-related symptoms, uh, fibril disease, uh, total illnesses were recorded every six months. And and the children also had blood tests every six months to evaluate uh, natural killer cell activity and a measure of the immune system's response to infection and and, uh, parental psychiatric symptoms like depression, anxiety, uh, dysfunctional behavior as well showed how successfully they handled the responsibilities and relationships with their children, uh, which were rated in a, uh, a brief symptom inventory that they created from the study. And, and parents also reported on external events such as exposure to violence and unemployment that caused family stress um, 
the results revealed that the elevated family stress was associated with 11% increase in total illness and a 36% increase in those that cause fevers compared to children living with families with little stress. You know, most of these were due to upper respiratory tract infections followed by gastrointestinal tract infections and sinus infections. And also elevated uh, parental psychiatric symptoms occurring within family stresses were also associated with more total illness and, and febrile illness. So the natural killer cell activity was increased in children whose parents reported more chronic family stress. And previous research to this had linked impaired uh, parental uh, function and family stress to negative effects on children's emotional and social functioning and also their school functioning because they can't concentrate. They have to go home to this horrible place. These poor kids are stuck with parents who can't even get along and the parents stay together for the kids half the time and basically just stress everybody out. You know, if they just get together and get somebody that's objective like a therapist to try to help them or if they don't want to be married to the person they're with, make a decision, end it, move on and don't put the kids through all this horrible stuff. They're the real victims here in in people's bad relationships. You know, kids don't get choices. And uh, sadly, though, if there is a divorce... Um, oftentimes a kid goes into poverty compared to the way they were living before with one or the other parent. And it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And, and that, you know, people need to get their act together when they get married. You know, nobody teaches you how to be married. The school doesn't teach you how to be married. They don't teach you how to be in relationships. So why don't you get help when you need it, when you especially had bad examples from your own parents or grandparents? You know, the deal is you have to learn how to be married. It is a very, very important thing to do because marriage is conditional love. It's not unconditional love. You know, unconditional love is what we get from our children if we're lucky enough to develop a really great relationship with them. But conditional love is the contract, and that is what you enter when you take your vows of marriage. And when you get a divorce, you have to break that contract. So it's conditional. It's not unconditional. And you have to understand if you're not willing to meet the conditions, which is to love and respect and cherish and listen, you know, if we can't do those things, we're not going to be successful in marriage. You have to learn how to do it. And so I encourage you, I encourage you, if you're not functioning well in your marriage and you have children and you're susceptible them or exposing them to horrible arguments and stress, go to a therapist. Go to a therapist. And if you don't like them, go until you find one you do like. And eventually, hopefully, that marriage will come back together. But you have to have two willing parties. And that means both people are all in not halfway in or going to try. It's all in or all out. That's all, that's all marriage is. And you gotta, you've got to accept it and make peace with it. Family stress. You know, stress can interrupt family functioning and it, it can negatively influence the general well-being of everyone involved. There are many possible sources of stress and you may find yourself experiencing multiple at the same time. And though some stress is inevitable in the family unit, too much can contribute to increased dysfunction. And knowing some of these conditional uh, factors will help you be better prepared to adapt to stressful situations and avoid some of the negative consequences. So work and financial problem, number one, unemployment, working long hours, and other financial or work-related problems can make family obligations very difficult. Not making enough money or living in poverty, for example, creates economic strain on the household and it can increase stress levels. Uh, Mounting debt because you think you should get more than you get from your job and so you go spend it on a credit card and live like you're extravagant and also what you're doing is borrowing from your future. You know, addiction. You know, increased arguments and loss of family resources results from addiction and having to deal with addiction. Instead of only having to worry about typical family obligations, now you've got this addiction issue going on. And that could be alcohol, drugs. Uh, Some people say sex. You know, bottom line is it, it increases conflict. An addiction means that you love it more than you love the people you live with. Your addiction is what you love. And that is only you. When you look at your spouse, when you look at your children, that is second. Those are second. When you're addicted to something, that is the first thing and the biggest thing that you need. Okay, big stress events. You know, it's an intrusion into your peaceful existence. And all of us 
have a uh, uh, want to have orderly and peaceful lives. You know, a lot of people say they just want to be happy. Well, peace. Peace is what you want in your life because if you have peace, you have access to every emotion in the world. And that includes happiness. Happiness is is one emotion and it's very hard to have one emotion all the time. We're just not built that way. We have thousands of emotions. You know, um when you know when routines are broken uh, or there's accidents or there's uh, destructive things going on in our life, um, we get stressed out and we all want to feel safe and secure. But as we get older, we realize that we cannot always count on things being the same way. And so the more resilient we are to change, and what that means is that we have a faith-based life. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about having faith. That when we make decisions, that they're the best possible decisions or we have the best possible intentions. So we may not get the outcome we want, but we have to always have faith so that we can change and adapt and evolve through our life. Because that is the process of life, is adapting and changing. And so having faith, if you have faith, you have less stress. And that means I have faith in my decisions I have faith in our decisions. I have faith in our children's decisions. That means that we have the freedom to be creative. But people that live in fear, you know, when fear enters, faith leaves. When faith enters, fear leaves. When people live in fear and they're always worried and they're always projecting negative outcomes, they're going to stress themselves out and everybody that has to have anything to do with them in life. If you're, if you're tethered to a fear-based person in your life, I can guarantee you it's one of the most miserable relationships you possibly can have. And people that live in fear, they are a horrible burden on the people that are stuck with them socially, especially a spouse. You know, that can be extremely destructive. If you have to work with somebody like that, it's just horrible to be around such a negative person. You know, people have to live in faith and and you know religion and I'm not endorsing religion but I'm saying hey it does teach faith you know it's funny I'm reading a book uh this a little history about religion is what it's called and it's a really great book but it's interesting how it portrays you know the sense of god um basically in many religions god is real and we are the characters God has authored. And so when we try to talk to God, it's like us, the characters in a book, trying to talk to the author. It, it's interesting, if you think in terms of, of religion, you know, religion, that means that you believe in a God or multiple gods. And so that sense, and, that, and I'm not going to get off on a bent, but that, that sense of understanding a concept of faith helps you manage your stress. You know, uh, death, death of a loved one, you know, this can be a spouse, a parent, a child, a friend. Death is part of life, but the death of a loved one is something that causes significant stress. You know, I've often talked about my, my mother uh, dying in a plane crash along with my stepfather, and they had a single-engine plane and died in Albuquerque landing uh, in 2000. Um, and basically, it taught me an enormous thing. First of all, was it horrible? It was absolutely horrible. But what I realized is, in looking at death, we have to understand that our job is to remember the people that have died and to carry their memories forward for them and to integrate what they wanted for us in our life into our life. And it's very helpful for people to develop a concept of death so that they can put it in an understanding in a way that they can understand it and also accept the fact that they're going to go through an emotional roller coaster and that's just the way it is and it can introduce itself at any time. The more you accept the process of grieving, the better off you are. The more you fight it, the the more difficult your life is. You know, I've often told people an emotion only lasts, it can't last more than three minutes unless you keep thinking about why you feel that way. If you keep adding a thought to why you feel the way you feel, you're adding three more minutes to it and it's building up into a tsunami. So the deal is allow yourself to feel and move through it. Just accept it and move through it and stop making a big deal about it. Um, Divorce, you know, even when we're glad to get rid of our ex-spouse, you know, divorce is a major stressor in our life. Number one, because the courts 
become the thing that rules our life. And the judge is the one who makes the determination of our quality of life and what's going to happen. And that means we have to get a good lawyer if we don't have a cooperative partner. And most people that get divorced fight through their lawyers, they fight through the courts, and they end up getting the same divorce they would have gotten had they just shut up and been adults and took responsibility and made the deal themselves. Unfortunately, people are ignorant and they want to spend $65,000, $70,000 on an attorney, maybe a hundred, maybe more than that, uh, to basically try to fight for their own rights and try to get little things in their life. And what they find is they just threw a whole bunch of money out and an attorney has a wonderful living. You know, moving, even if you're moving from a, a shack to a palace, this is stressful. You know, it may be a happy occasion. But having to rebuild your home or having to reset a home into your home, that can be very hard to do and it takes time. And a lot of people are very impatient and they want everything all at once. But the deal is, if you're moving into a home that let's say is 10, 20, 30, 40 years old, it's going to need repairs and it's going to cost and it's going to take time. And having to do that kind of stuff and settle into a life like that is very hard on people. Especially if you have kids and they've got to meet new kids, that they've got to meet neighbors, they've got to go to new schools, all of that work and you know getting your bills set up and, and all that crap, it can be very stressful. So people that are good planners do a better job in moving because they understand the obstacles that they have to deal with and they navigate through those. But people that don't plan, that procrastinate and put things off and put things off and put things off, yet they want to make decisions – the people that are not planners, the people that are procrastinators are stressed out and they're playing with that stress gene and they will not live as long as the rest of us. Also, major illness, any type of major illness, and that's kind of where I started this program, is cancer. You know, major illnesses come through stress because they lower our immune system and eventually our body and our brain says, I just don't have the energy to fight this thing. Um you know, overwhelmingly, job loss can cause you enormous, enormous stress. And not all stress is the same. You know, uh, job stress can fray your nerves and it can keep you up at night. It can contribute to health problems like heart disease and depression. But chronic job strain can put both your physical and emotional health at risk. And if you have chronic uh, stress at home, boy, oh boy, that can really, really get it. Um, you know, People set themselves up um, oftentimes for stress. A lot of people are overworked or they overwork because their work is their coping skill. So what they do is they they uh, put all their energy into work and very little energy into home, which is where they may be miserable. Some people put all their energy into family, very little into a job and end up living poorly. Or they had some rich relative who left them tons of money and they're lucky enough to just sit on their butts and have a good life. Some people sell businesses or do something and uh, make a lot of money all at once and then they just sit on it for the rest of their lives and uh, you know that's great but there's stress involved in that too because living in that life you still have to maintain it you know uh, overworked they're busy from the time they get to work until the time they leave but they have little freedom while they're there they don't have much to say over how uh, you do your job and how other people do their jobs and the type of pro uh, projects to work on if they're not the decision maker they're going to be there working but never feeling completely satisfied you know uh, high demand low control jobs are one of the big reasons that people get stressed out at work also frustrated go-getter you know if you you're work your tail off trying to get promoted and you have this expectation that all the things you do are going to lead to loyalty and the need to keep you and the need to promote you you may come to find that businesses don't offer that much loyalty anymore unless you work for some small company who actually learned the value of caring about employees most corporations are reshaping themselves to continually to adjust to the economy. And so what they basically do is they keep people they need, they hire people they need, and they get rid of people that don't fit in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very rare that people actually can get to retirement unless they work in uh, and, and are very adaptive to where they work and are able to adapt to where their, their uh, employer is headed. Also, uh, People that feel like they're a castaway or a doormat or, or uh, stuck in a technical job that they're needed, they often burn out 
and uh, they often get fried and they get stressed out. Now, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about remedies and we're also going to talk about clutter and uh, all that kind of stuff. So come right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The compassionate life is about just that. There are so many human beings who have made a name for themselves by being humanitarians. They have become individuals who are known for being selfless, kind, and compassionate. Host Dr. Brittany King is also one of these humanitarians. Each week she shares stories of kindness that she has experienced throughout the world, both as a contributor and recipient of these acts of love and kindness. Listen every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but... If you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about stress and how it affects us, but we're also going to talk about remedies, and that's what this segment's all about. You know, uh, first of all, I do want to address another thing that causes people to stress out, and it's the third major factor of stress, and that is uh, clutter. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are hoarders, and it's so sad to walk into their residence and see how they live. I mean, some people just li- literally live on piles of junk. Uh, they just can't seem to get rid of it. You know, that the, the idea in life is if you haven't used it for the last six months, get rid of it or give it to somebody who can use it. You know, people are so weird uh, about objects. They, they form these emotional attachments to objects. And basically, by doing that, they establish that that object represents their identity and they just kind of cling on to everything. And some people uh, don't communicate well. And so what they do is they relate to objects and they hoard them and they keep them and they pile them up and, and it's 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 a terrible thing. But here's what, you know, clutter basically can play a very significant role in how we feel about our homes, our workplaces, ourselves. You know, messy homes and workspaces leave us feeling anxious, helpless, overwhelmed, you know, yet rarely is clutter recognized as a significant sort of stress in our lives because people are so used to living in it. You know, what is it, you know, why does mess lead to much stress? Well, clutter bombards our mind, 
with excessive stimuli, visual, olfactory, that means breathing, uh, smell, tactile means feeling. It causes our senses to work overtime on stimulation that aren't necessary or even important. It also distracts us by drawing our attention away from what our focus should be on. It also makes it more difficult to relax both physically and mentally. And it constantly signals to our brains that our work is never done. And that is so sad that people live in clutter because you go home and it's not really home. You're, 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 you don't feel like home. It feels like a mess and you're always having to do something more just like you have to do at work. And uh, also, clutter constantly signals to our brains um, once again, that our work's never done, but it also makes us anxious because we're never sure what's going to take to get through the bottom of the pile. And getting to the bottom of the pile is a great feeling. And sometimes, you know, folks, it's not a bad idea to get somebody that's a professional to assist you. Don't be too proud. There are a lot of people out there that help uh, end clutter in your life and help you organize and teach you how to stay organized. Um Clutter inhibits, uh, it, it blocks uh, creativity and productivity by invading the open spaces that allow most people to think, brainstorm, and problem solve. It also creates feelings of guilt. I uh, should be more organized and embarrassment, especially when others um, unexpectedly drop by our homes and our workspaces and they see how poorly we live. You know, fortunately, unlike more commonly recognized sources of stress, our jobs, relationships, clutter is one of the easiest life stressors to fix. So here's a few ideas. Tackle decluttering as a family. If clutter has invaded your entire house, don't tackle the job alone. Get the whole family involved by starting with a room everyone uses and make each person responsible for an action. And if, if you're on your own, Start with one area at a time. Finish decluttering that area before moving on to another area. This will give you a sense of accomplishment as you see your success little by little. So don't hit the whole house. Hit the space. Hit the certain spaces that you spend the most time. Start there and work your way out. Also, uh, create designated uh, spaces for frequently used items and supplies so that you can quickly and easily find what you're looking for and what you need. However, try to make these designated spaces closed spaces, such as drawers and cabinets and, and, and closets. You know, storing things in the open, on open shelves, on the top of your desk, that, that just creates more clutter. So you want to put it away and put it away in an organized fashion. You know, create uh, designated spaces for uh, frequently used items and supplies. That is very important. And if you don't use it and you don't want it, and you don't need it, get rid of it. You can toss it. You can recycle it. You can donate it. You know, if you don't need to keep it, don't keep it. You know, if it's only used rarely, don't just store it in the garage. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. You know, and when you take something out of its designated space, put it back. You know, that is amazing that some people uh, don't even have the respect to take something away and then put it back where they got it. You know, it's amazing to me that people are so disrespectful. Also, um, create a pending folder. And a pending folder helps you clear off your workspace while at the same time provides you with readily accessible folder to centralize and easily locate pending objects that you need to work on, pending things, pending work that you need to work on. Also, don't let papers pile up. You know, random papers strewn everywhere can be public enemy number one. Also, declutter, declutter your primary workspace before you leave it. You know, it's, it's normal to put things out while you're working on it, but make a habit of cleaning it off. And also, you want to make it fun. You know, as you're going about cleaning things, put some music or put some, you know, put some music that you really like that motivates you. You know, you do that to work out. Well, you want to also do that when you're trying to declutter your home. And by the way, if you have a family and you have a cluttered home, I can guarantee you your family is stressed out or at least somebody who is responsible for that and paying for that home at a very high price is probably stressed out because they can't feel at home. They feel overwhelmed by the fact that people are not picking up after themselves. All right, stress remedies. You know, if you learn to handle stress in healthy ways, it's very important. Fortunately, it is easy to learn 
techniques that will lower your stress. And these include recognizing and changing the behaviors that contribute to stress. You know, communication in a family can enormously escalate stress levels. If you have people that have to be right all the time, that can be very stressful. So here's a key to communication. Learn to validate. Learn to accept perceptions. And don't try to fix them unless you're asked. That means that if somebody is putting an idea out there that is completely absurd, your job is not to debunk it. Your job is just to hear it and validate. Okay, I understand. So what you think is this, this, this. Or I hear what you're saying. Okay, I get it. That doesn't mean you agree. And that's what families owe themselves is the respect of listening. And if you guys can teach your children to do that and teach yourselves to do that, I can tell you your environment in your communication, in your home, will be much better. And that means everybody is entitled to their truth, which is their perception. And if you do that at home, you might begin to do that at work. And guess what? Things might get easier in your life and stress would go down. Okay, so here's the thing. Identify warning signs. Now, these always vary from person to person, but might include things like uh, tensing your jaw, grinding your teeth, getting headaches, feeling irritable, being short-tempered. If that's going on in your life, there's stress in your life. You also want to identify triggers. There are often known triggers which raise our stress levels and make it more difficult for us to manage. And if you know what the likely triggers are, you can aim to anticipate them and uh, practice calming yourself down beforehand and even find ways of removing the triggers. Triggers might include late nights, deadlines, seeing particular people, hunger, overtired children, you know, That is a big deal. Also, you want to establish routines. Having predictable rhythms and routines in your day or over a week, such as regular times for exercise, relaxation, meal times, waking and bedtimes, this can be very calming and reassuring because these are routines that are extremely important for us to uh, be able to relax into. When we have routines, we don't have to think. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, sometimes just relaxing and being able to cook dinner or have dinner with your family, have a little fun, that's a wonderful thing. You know, um, panic attacks. You know, a lot of people have panic attacks and you often wonder why. Well, that's because they have an enormous amount of chronic stress in their life. They're warriors. They're people that, that ruminate over the same problems all of the time and they work themselves up and then they work themselves into a panic if they feel like a a negative change is happening in their life towards feeling more out of control. Panic attacks are like jumping off a building. You, You feel like you're out of control and you're about to die. You're about to go into something horrible. So, you know, I, I've talked about stress a lot, but let me tell you this one very important thing, oxygen. Oxygen is how you de-stress, and oxygen means breathing. You know, air has about 23% oxygen. Oxygen is what makes our organs expand and contract. It makes them function. It makes the blood flow through our system, and it also is what our brain craves. And the more oxygen your brain has, the less stress it has because it's operating at full capacity, meaning that our prefrontal cortex is getting the blood flow that it needs. A lot of people don't realize this, but drinking water... Water has about 83% oxygen. If you drink water, especially water in an aerated bottle, uh, what's going to happen is it's going to lower uh, the amount of stress your brain is going through because your brain's going to command that it takes all of the oxygen from you. And that means the organs don't get the oxygen they need to function. The brain gets it all. And when that happens, we go into a panic attack because all of a sudden we feel like we're dying. But the truth is we're just starving of oxygen. So water, water actually can calm you down enormously. So, you know, look after your health. If if you want to not have stress in your life, make sure you're eating healthy food, getting regular exercise, and taking time to do activities that you find calming and uplifting, like listening to music, walking, dancing. Also, avoid using alcohol, tobacco, or other drugs to cope. You know, these are not ways to get through life and feel healthy. Um, alcohol is going to take years off. Tobacco is going to kill you and other drugs. God only knows. Usually they kill the brain cells, you know, especially this acid-based crap like meth will just eat your brain and your skin and everything else. Notice your own self-talk. You know, when we're stressed, we sometimes say things in our head over and over 
and, and they just add to our stress. And this is unhelpful. Self-talk might include things like, I can't cope. I'm too busy. I'm so tired. It's not fair. You know, try more helpful self-talk like, I'm coping well given what's on my plate. Calm down. Breathe easy. Be your own coach. Don't be so negative. Also, you want to spend time with people who really care about you. When you do that, that manages your stress because you have a place to talk and communicate and feel respected. And uh, practice relaxation. You know, it's amazing when you know how to relax and you know how to calm down, you will manage your stress better. Now, here's some things that help with stress. Um, it's a folk remedy, but passion flower. And, and it's it, it for anxiety and insomnia, you know, a lot of studies have shown that passion flower can really help you. Also, getting a massage or meditation. Uh any kind of cardio exercise is going to find you extremely uh, in a better place because cardio increases oxygen. Um, also, uh, limit your internet and cell phone use. You know, people that live on the internet and live on their cell phone are also depressed because they're trying to live through their phone and their cell phone and, and their, their internet because they spend all their time on it and they function that way because they're coping with life and they can control a computer but they can't control everything else in life. All right, B vitamins are very helpful. Aromatherapy is very helpful and getting sleep. All right, that's our show. Our next show is Loneliness and relationships. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, your wife won't start an argument with her if you're cleaning. (laughs) Marriage, now marriage is like a public toilet. People are waiting outside and dying to get in and the people inside are dying to get out. That's our show. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.